0: Yes, I can. Can you hear me?
1: Yes, I can.
0: Wow, that's shocking that we both can hear each other.
1: I know. First first time in one shot. Impressive. I
0: hope most impressive.
1: <laughs> so, looks like we're back once again with another exciting episode of the Dragoon's Lair podcast. That's right, I am the Blue Dragoon himself, Daniel the Dragon, and with me via satellite... We have King Hamster Pellet himself, Mike Schiavo. Say hello to the people.
0: Hello to the people.
1: (laughs) Okay, so life's getting a little crazy, and Mike just blanked out there. (laughs) But we're back. Hopefully he can get his camera back up. There we go. (laughs) So, yeah. So we're back, and I messaged SAG because I heard that there were some Changes to the rules at, for podcasting. And as long as we're a legitimate review show, which we are, uh, yeah, we're good to go. So as long as we're giving legitimate critiques, you know. Which we do. Old school Siskel and Ebert style. You keep blacking out. Yes. Nope. Deep. <laughs> you keep cutting in and out.
0: Hmm
1: is the price we pay for being remote
0: yeah i know
1: but we are able to at least get this episode out even if we're recording way in advance so
0: whatever works you know
1: yep we have to and but this is the fun part of this because now we're back to our original format but we're keeping the wheel i like the wheel so we're gonna keep the wheel even like yeah even with the original format, we're adding the wheel. so Which is fun. Oh, yeah. It, it gives us something extra to talk about and lets everybody have something they can participate in and tell us what they think. And they can tell us mm-hmm. what they think at Podcast at gmail.com. That's Podcast. Dragoon is spelled with two O's. That's Podcast at gmail.com. Send us your emails, people had to get that plug in real early this time around. Yeah. You know, I've been slacking a little bit on the plugs. But then again, it's yeah, not like we're sponsored.
0: <laughs> yeah. Eh? Just just imagine. Just just imagine how much more shameless plugs we'd be doing if we were sponsored. If anybody out there wants to sponsor us, or sponsor us for those of you who speak English. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Unlike Mike.
0: Yeah, I don't know what the hell language that was. If you wanted Bunch of Ducks. I speak Michael.
1: I was thinking you were speaking backwards, like in Twin Peaks.
0: <laughs> backwards words say, can go there. Shit oh.
1: <laughs> so let's start off with a nice little conversation to warm everybody up before we go into a couple of main topics. And okay. we're both convention goers. Yes, we are. I love going to a good convention. I like smaller conventions for the most part, but a big convention can be a lot of fun too. So, Mike, what's one of your all-time best convention experiences?
0: Um, I would have to say, well, I went to a couple of the first New York Comic Cons, went out at the Javits Center, when it was all on one floor like everything was on one floor like they had us like where the um artist alley and stuff is now that was like the holding area and then everything was just like on the top floor and that was a lot of fun uh but like you i like the the smaller cons because you could do it in a day um you get to meet more people and i feel at a smaller con They're a little more um, personable, like the lines aren't huge, so you're not, okay, run, shake the hand, get the autograph and get the hell out. You can actually have a conversation with the guy. Like we went, I think this past March or May, we went to um, a convention out in New Jersey and met uh, Jim Cummings, who does Darkwing Duck, among other people.
1: Yep, I got. And, to, I got to meet him before the dark times of the pandemic.
0: Yeah, you know, this, this was a couple of months ago, and, and and it was cool. I'm not sure if you guys could see it, but I'm going to show it anyway. Hang on.
1: Well, once he raises this up to the camera, <laughs> do 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 do. Ah, here we go.
0: It's a it's an autograph by Mister Cummings. And it says – it's cool because he signed it twice. On the top part, he goes, stay dangerous, Mike, DW. And then on the bottom, he put Jim Cummings. So he signed it as Darkwing, and he signed it as Jim Cummings. Yeah. That was pretty cool.
1: I got a Darkwing one myself from him because I love Darkwing Duck. And I got to tell – great. Oh, I got to tell him the story about when I was a kid, how I got in trouble because my mom actually thought – I was saying suck ass evildoers because you remember Darkwing always told everybody he had a gas gun. It was suck yeah. ass evildoers.
0: Suck like ass evildoers.
1: <laughs> and he told me, he said that that was a key note from the studio. Make sure you hit the G.
0: <laughs> I can imagine.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was one that was that that was definitely a fun convention experience. I know like one of my all-time best convention experiences. I have to say it, it's so hard because I've been to so many of them. But I will say that I'm gonna go with back in twenty nineteen when I did meet Jim Cummings, I got to meet a large group from the older, original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. So, getting to meet the original Red Ranger, the original Black Ranger, the second Black and Yellow Rangers, it was awesome for me, and just one hell of an experience.
0: I remember my first uh, experience at a convention was in 94 out at the uh, Meadowlands Convention Center. It was the Marvel Megatour. Oh. And, yeah. And, um, you know, nobody, like, unless you were, like, a serious hardcore comic fan, like, knowing all the artists, you know, only person you knew who was there was uh, Stan Lee. And he did a panel. And... You know, even in 94, the, the panel wasn't packed for Stan Lee. And I was like, what the hell? So it was me, my brother, my sister, and my parents who we went. And, you know, I, I had... Went to the panel, and I was able to ask uh, Stan Lee a question.
1: Very nice. See, I think... Like, I didn't start going to conventions till the early 2000s. <laughs> but I had done, like, a few of, like, the comic book collector's conventions... But that was more, like, just going and buying and selling and, like, comics. Yeah. But I will say, like, I started off with, like, the um, Fangoria Weekend of Horrors, moved on to Chiller Theater. I did, like, the New York Comic Con at the Javits Center. I've also done, when they had it, Big Apple Anime Fest. Uh, it's, that was
0: another one I did. I did, yeah. I did the Big Apple Con. That was fun.
1: Yeah, Big Apple did a lot of good ones. You know, there there's always so many interesting people to meet. And I have to say, the costumes, I'm not one for dressing up in costume to go to a convention. I know you are. But I love seeing the intricacy of, like, when you get a cosplayer that makes their costume. Yeah. It really stands out. It, the time, the effort, the detail. You also wonder how much money they spent putting into those costumes.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, they had a... I mean, you could tell who got it from party city and who made it on their own and no, nothing against party city. If you're just a casual fan, but you know, you can tell who dropped serious coin and absolutely personally, I enjoy going to convention, especially the big apple one and that's big apple. I'm sorry. The, um, the New York city comic con. I enjoy going to that in costume because, you know, if you have a cool costume, people will walk up and want to take a picture with you. Like I went a couple of years as Batman and everybody wanted a picture with me. Now it, it, it makes you feel cool. Then went as Wonder Woman and they wanted pictures with her too. And it, it's cool. Uh, I went as Ash one year when Mr. Campbell was there. And I, I specifically went as Ash to meet Mr. Campbell and you know, I went up, shook his hand. I had the chainsaw on. I had the, the ripped up shirt with the, the crosses. I had the boomstick in the back. And he looked at me and he goes, so who are you supposed to be? I look at him playing. I, I go, what, what, what are you talking about? He goes, who are you dressed up as? I go, he goes, what's your costume? I go, you could come in costume. And that, <laughs> he looked at me. That, that made him chuckle. And he was like, he goes, I've been here for three days. And I have to say that is the most authentic Ash costume I've seen in the past three days, which was pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Bruce Campbell. So, Mr.
0: Campbell, thank oh, you.
1: Oh, yeah. Bruce Campbell's always a blast to see at a convention. I mean, I have to say one of my favorite people to see at the conventions. I, when I go, I, even just to stop by and say hello it has to be Tiffany Seppis.
0: Yes, she'll be at this year's uh, ChillerCon, I believe.
1: Yes, with the Chiller Theater Convention, which I I'm hoping I get a chance to go. I got to see how my schedule works, but I looked at that list when you told me, before you told me you were going, and I was going to suggest this to you, but I now I can say it proudly: you have to go meet Mark Lynn Baker. Yeah. Not if, if you're going to go in costume, though. You have to dress as Balky. You yeah. gotta do it. You gotta. Well, what, but what, what is Balky's costume, though? Come what on, you, got, you gotta look like you're straight out of the 80s with, like, the crazy vest with fringes. Maybe a stuffed stuff sheep. I could do a stuffed sheep. Uh, but I, I I dress like I'm out of the 80s anyway. Yes, but you gotta wear the vest, you know, gotta be a little more bright and verbose. If that's an actual word. Um... <laughs> You cut out again, but no, I, I, I'm gonna keep saying it while well until he, get, yeah. You definitely need to get a picture with him for Instagram and like Facebook. I think everyone would absolutely love that. Don't know if you caught what I said. Uh, did you call me? You're cutting out again. This is the problem with doing this remote saves on travel time but uh the cutting out's the problem do 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 sorry folks i'm just trying to find a place to edit down and maybe put in a commercial cuz with mike disappearing cuts in cuts right back out Remember, folks, you can see this all on Blue Dragoon 13 on YouTube, where you can see how many times Mike cuts I, out. I can Make it a drinking you, game. I you, but now I
0: can't. Oh, I hate this fucking thing. I <laughs> really, really do.
1: we got to turn this into a drinking game every time Mike cuts in and out. I think somebody's going to be hammered within the first five minutes of the show.
0: <laughs> and if, if you're just moving your lips and not talking, you're a real asshole.
1: No, I'm actually speaking. What, you can't hear? Can you hear me? I can hear you.
0: Yeah, I'm going to turn on the caption because I can't hear you for shit.
1: Oh, God. Now we need closed captioning. Okay. So we've got closed captioning for the hearing. I don't know.
0: uh,
1: (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, no, we've got... You have to get a picture. But you do have to get a picture with Mark Lynn Baker. I think everyone would love to see that as your profile picture, let alone for... (laughs) In- on Instagram and Facebook come on if I can't
0: get if I can't get the vest I'll, I'll definitely try to get I have if I have it my mother has it we have a stuffed sheep and I'll get a picture with Mark Lingbaker Baker and holding the sheep and I'll put that as my profile picture
1: yeah because let's face it you have to realize that we've made so many like perfect strangers jokes about you that you gotta just lean into it at this point. He's got no clue if I'm speaking or not because instead of him using real headphones. You know, use real headphones. Plug headphones into computer.
0: I can't because if I plug the headphones into the computer, I'd take out the microphone.
1: Alright, so I'm gonna have to give you the adapter that came with my with my one of my setups for the microphone so you can put in the headphones and the microphone.
0: Yeah, because my earbuds suck.
1: Yeah, well, they're AirPods, what do you expect? And I'm assuming they're more bootleg AirPods than anything else.
0: Actually, no, they look pretty good. I mean, I then found them at work and <laughs> I yeah. mean, they were free, so I can't really complain. But anyway. Yeah, but no. All right, we... So we're going to spin this wheel or what, buddy?
1: All right. So, let's see. Gotta see if I can even do this now Um A window
0: A window into your Soul
1: There we go Allow And we're gonna spin this baby
0: Oh I get to see it Yes Will of morality turn 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 Tell us the lesson that we should learn It's a free car
1: Yay! James Avery
0: Oh For those of you who don't know, besides playing Uncle Phil on Fresh Prince, he He was also the voice of Shredder on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
1: That's right. So, James Avery really popped up all over the place, especially playing Uncle Phil for quite a while, but those of you in the know do know him as the original voice of Shredder. Because, let's face it, th- nobody could top that.
0: that. No, not at all.
1: He was iconic as in Ninja Turtles. Uh, now, I could see him coming back doing more voice work. But at the same time, I can also see he could have done, like, a bunch of cameos and stuff. And I think it would have been interesting to see him doing a few cameos. Because it would have popped up more like what has been going on with, um. oh, shoot. Carl Winslow, the dad from Family Matters, yeah. popping up in commercials, and, like, he's done, like, little other TV shows where he's played a cop. He just seems to well, always I play have, a cop.
0: I but, have his filmography up here. He was actually an uncredited dancer in the Blues Brothers.
1: Nice. I could—we're I, I, going to have to look back at that one and see, like, where he was in that one in Blues Brothers.
0: He was detective number two, which I remember him in uh, Fletch 1985 yeah. with Chevy Chase. Um, before
1: we knew about Chevy Chase.
0: Before we knew about Chevy Chase. Um, he was also in License to Drive. He was Les's DMV uh, examiner. Yeah. Uh, what else? What else? Brady Bunch movie. He was Steve Yeager. Um,
1: yeah. yeah, he. He really went off and did a lot of stuff. But I could also see, like, he, he would have been, if he was still with us, I could see, like, him not only do, being brought back to be the voice of Shredder or another character, but maybe playing, like, some other characters in, like, animated series.
0: But, you know, oh, in, in, uh, remember Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling?
1: Oh, yes, I do.
0: He was JYD. He was the voice of the junkyard dog.
1: See, now that's interesting because I didn't realize that they didn't do their own voices. Because I, as a kid, I thought they did their own voices.
0: Yeah, me too.
1: So honestly, you
0: know where I could see him doing what? I could see him uh, if it wasn't for uh, Vince D'Onofrio killing the role. I could see him playing...
1: Um, Kingpin?
0: Kingpin. I could see him playing the Kingpin. That,
1: that That's something I think he could pull off, but I think we would have seen him pop up in the Bel Air spinoff show, the reboot. Yeah. But not as Uncle Phil, because the the recasting was actually very interesting and has been very good, but I could have seen him coming in and playing like, maybe one of the other relatives or even playing Phil's father. Yeah, I could see that too. So, I mean, James Avery did have a amazing career, but it would have also been nice to see what his reaction would have been to Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. Yeah,
0: you he probably he would have been like, "What the hell and smacked Will Smith?" It's like,
1: "Will, what is wrong with you, boy?" What's wrong with you? <laughs> So, now, when it comes to the, com- let's just take that little quick re-trip to the convention thing, because who you're going to Chiller, who are you really looking to see?
0: Uh, well, there are a few people, let me pull it up again, hang on.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm on the website right now, and it's not in any real major order,
0: mm-hmm. but there
1: is a lot of people on there.
0: There are a lot of people on there. I mean, there are, you know, people that I would like to meet.
1: Which like, I'm I know sure there's no gonna chance. Char- they'll be charging a little more than you're willing to pay.
0: It depends on how bad I want to meet the person. Yeah. Um,
1: I've seen the prices get pretty high. But usually those yeah. are the professional photos. But then right. I
0: mean, if I see the guy at the table, I'll walk up, shake his hand, take a picture, you know, give a couple of bucks. But Marklin Baker. Um, yep. And, you know, Chuck Zito will be back. Who is Barry Zito's brother?
1: Yep. So, what about Danny Glover? Um... Or are you too old for this shit?
0: I'm not... Dude, (laughs) I'm going to freaking Comic-Con, hopefully as the Winter Soldier. I'm never too old for this shit. (laughs) Um... Possibly. I mean... I mean, it depends on the line and the price. Um...
1: Now, would you meet Emmanuel Lewis... Webster, uh,
0: I'd meet him. I, I'm not sure if I want to spend money to, like, you know, take a picture, but, you know, I, I give him the obligatory head nod and <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, I'm just looking at here. The Chips Reunion,
1: man,
0: eh, maybe, maybe Meet Punch.
1: Yeah. What about all uh, the kids well, from A Christmas Story?
0: Uh,. Honestly, I have to say, I am so sick of that movie. 24 hours of a Christmas story, that is 24 hours too much.
1: Yeah, it's been getting bad when they repeat the same Christmas movie over and over again. Yeah,
0: I mean, you want to show it once or twice, fine, but you don't need 24 hours. Even when it was out, and I first saw it, I was like, no, enough. I just don't like it. Okay. Um, maybe, Larry, maybe Larry Minetti.
1: Okay. What about Brett Butler?
0: Uh, I'm gonna pass on Miss Butler. I'm gonna have to say that to pass. Uh, maybe Marlo Hemingway, Marlo Mar- Marley, Miss <laughs> Hemingway. Maybe maybe her. Um, only because I'm a Jaws fan. Okay. Susan Backline, she was the uh, the first chick eaten by Jaws who jumped into water.
1: What about um... Darlene Vogel from Back to the Future Two?
0: Uh, yeah, I'll meet her. You know the story about her uh, stunt double? Yes. In the hoverboard accident? Yep. Well, for those of you who don't know, the day before they do the uh, big hoverboard scene where Griff's gang flies through the courthouse, there was an earthquake, a minor one, and the rigging got shifted a couple of inches to a foot. And the woman who was uh, Miss Vogel's stunt double was new in the business. And she's like, I'm not, I don't feel safe doing this. Recheck everything. And they're like, no, we're on a tight schedule. We need to do it. We need to do it now. If you don't want to do it, we'll get somebody else. And at that point in this woman's career, the stunt double, you know, you turn it down a role like this, you're going to get labeled. And she didn't want that. So they did the stunt. And they're supposed to pull a, um, like a cord that will drop them onto an airbag. And this scene is actually in the movie. When you see them flying towards the glass on the um, courthouse when they're in the future, you see the woman stunt double bang against the concrete column. And she bangs against that and she falls like 50 feet to the ground. And the two other people, after they crashed through the uh, plate glass, which is sugar glass, they missed the airbag because everything got shifted. And when they ran up to see Miss Vogel's stunt double, they just see her laying in a pool of blood and people are like, holy shit, she's dead. She ended up uh, severely injuring her back, but I believe she continued being a uh, stunt person. But she was like, from that point on, if I don't feel... Safe doing the stunt. you go, She goes. I will put my foot down. Yeah. And I will make them check the rigging. Which is sad that it had to come to that for her. But you know, good that she put a foot down.
1: Yep. So, um, from that depressing story, what about Dee Dee Pfeiffer?
0: Dee Dee Pfeiffer. Dee Dee Pfeiffer. Dee Pfeiffer. Uh,
1: Michelle Pfeiffer. sister.
0: Playboy, why not?
1: Oh, she, she's Michelle Pfeiffer's sister. Is she really? Yeah. Huh. Okay. Maybe. Because I swear they don't age. Like Michelle Pfeiffer, still like. Gesundheit. Thank you. Michelle Pfeiffer really, she doesn't look like she's aging she at all. So it's like no. it's so slow. I want to know where the fountain. Her of and is Tom Cruise. Which one?
0: Her and Tom Cruise. Yeah. Tom Cruise. They don't age.
1: Yep. Um. Yeah. I, I might go meet
0: Didi. Uh, yeah.
1: If I can get there, I definitely want to meet Amanda bersey's Bears. I
0: thought it was Bears or Beers.
1: It's Bears S E. It's Bear S E. So I'm like, I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm sorry if I'm butchering. I think it's
0: pronounce Beers though.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll give
0: uh, I'll give her a shot if she's around.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, might want to meet Mark Metcalf. Of okay. Animal House. Yeah. And he actually had, like, the great line in the uh, Twisted Sister song. We're not going to take it. A pledge pin <laughs> on your uniform.
1: <laughs> yeah, Now, The funny thing is, they have someone who I would be interested to meet, but I don't know if I really would. S.D. Nemeth. Bixby Snyder. From Robocop and Robocop 3, he was, I'd buy that for a dollar. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> I'd buy it. Yeah. If no one else was around, yeah, it, it, I, it, I'd give him the obligatory. If it's not like crazy, like I don't see this guy be charging more than like 30 bucks yeah. for a picture and an autograph. I, I, I don't see it. Uh, they yeah. also have Fred Sorensen.
1: Okay. He
0: played... He played um, Indy's trusted pilot Jacques in Raiders of the Lost Ark.
1: Yeah, and that—that's was... just my pet snake, Reggie. And that was it. <laughs> he was done.
0: That was it. He didn't. He did that, and he waited all this time to come to this chiller con. <laughs> yep.
1: Uh,
0: what about Kevin Ball? He played the Creeper in Jeepers Creepers.
1: That could be interesting. I think I got to see him at a convention when the first Jeepers Creepers was coming out, but I think there was a conflict of whose line I had to get on because it was at a Fangoria Weekend of Horrors. And I think it was like it was either him or Bruce Cam- it was either him or Bruce Campbell and I was going to be waiting on Bruce's line.
0: Yeah, no. If it's a choice between anybody and Bruce Campbell, hands down, the answer is Bruce Campbell. Yep. Mm, looking at like some of the other ones here, uh, nothing really else catches yeah. my attention. I mean, maybe Martin Kelba from um, he played. He was a little guy in Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, maybe him. Uh, Stacy dash is going to be there. See,
1: this is the thing about chiller. It was, uh, like a horror convention. And then they have Frankie Avalon is going to be there. So yeah, I know they're, they kind of run the gamut of a whole bunch of people from all over. So it's not just exclusively horror or sci-fi. And
0: that's, that's what I like about it because again, it's not huge. Uh, you could do it in a day, and they have a lot of cool stuff there that won't charge you an arm and like, You can go there and spend maybe like two, three hundred bucks, and come out with a ton of shit.
1: Oh, absolutely! As, of,
0: as opposed to going to New York Comic Con, spending two, three hundred dollars, and just get parking.
1: Yeah, pretty much. You know, it 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 all depends on the location of the convention, but I will say Chiller has always been a blast for me, and I would like to go back because I haven't been in like years.
0: Well, I'm probably getting tickets in the next couple of days, so if you want to go, check the schedule and let me know.
1: Yeah, I gotta fi- I gotta figure out because I may have to try to see if I'm if they'll allow me to take a day off because I'm so valuable. <laughs> Covid. <laughs> I have Covid. <laughs> now I can't do that because you went and you put it on something that everyone can hear. On iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, Pandora. Amazon podcast. We're yeah, on every platform. that Are you... we on Pandora? Uh, we might be. I'm not sure, but
0: if I, ha- I have to go back and check the uh I have yeah. to go back and edit the um the business card, because I think I, I left a couple out.
1: Yep. That's right, we folks. We're becoming official. We're though, getting folks. business cards. We're getting business cards. That That's... that's uh, a when you know right you've there. made Any...
0: <laughs> Yeah. Well, of course, you know, I made it, so of course. <laughs> and when I say I made it, I mean, like, the card itself. I, yeah. Now... I, I, I sat down to that.
1: <laughs> now, I mean... We're going to talk more about conventions and stuff as the shows progress because this is convention season, and even yes. though we're doing bi-weekly shows, you know it really is something that we both enjoy going to do. I mean, even even the
0: like the smaller ones because like you don't have to wait all year. Like Chiller is like two three times a year.
1: Chiller Monster uh, Mania, Monster Mania. You know, there's one out. None of these Pittsburgh are None of these are promoted by us. We're just fans we're just of. we stuff we want to go. Through. Yeah,
0: like there's one I really want to go to. I want to go to a Steel City Con out in Pittsburgh. Yeah, but usually when they do it is when I have work, and you know Pittsburgh isn't a five minute drive.
1: No, it is not. So yeah, but now I mean, I I do want to get back. We'll get back to this on another day because you know, like I want to talk about the like a lot of the cosplays and stuff. Because okay. like they go crazy with the with them, but we'll do that next time. Because right now I want to talk about an actually review, because we're okay. away from the last episode of Ahsoka, I believe, because it's only six episodes.
0: Yeah, they just uh, six should be dropping this uh, this past. It'll be. Well, did it's dropping the day we're recording this?
1: Yeah. Well, the next day. So
0: dropping on the 19th. So this past, when you are here this, this past Tuesday, the 19th.
1: Yeah. So we'll give a full on for like review of the full season. But for now, I'm caught up to all five episodes. Are you?
0: Yes, I am.
1: Okay. I have to say like one thing that it, am- it amazes me is the way the music hit in the ver- from the very beginning. The music was so on point. That it, you yeah. felt the atmosphere. It was one of those things where you're just sitting there and you could just... You almost want the soundtrack because of how good the musical score has been for this, this show so far. I mean, the character designs have been on point. Like, they've put a lot of work into it.
0: Yeah, I mean... You, you you have to figure with a show carrying the Star Wars title, and okay?
1: technically continuing on after Rebels.
0: Yeah, but just I mean any show with the Star Wars title on it, anywhere in it, you have to know. You know, production is going to be through the roof. They're not going to skimp out. And give you great visual effects, but a crappy soundtrack. Or a great soundtrack and crappy special effects. They will go all out because they have to maintain the level people expect from a Star Wars brand. So uh, the show, the writing, amazing. Acting on point. Even even the people that they got to play the characters, with the exception of... um Ahsoka herself looked just like the characters from the cartoon.
1: I mean, Ahsoka and, does look like like they made Rosario Dawson really look like an older Ahsoka.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I I watched a couple episodes of Web, Rebel uh, Rebels Rebels. Um, I actually went after I watched. I believe the third episode. I went back and I watched the last. The, the series finale of Rebels, just to see what everybody's talking about. Um... You know, they all, they all looked spot on. I don't believe the guy in black is Ezra, as everybody's claiming he was. Um... I want to see where they go after this. Yeah. I want to see what, what's the next show. It, it, I mean... Because no. this is supposed to be bridging the gap between... um. Like, in this, like, it's supposed to tell you how Palpatine came back and everything, correct?
1: Uh, well, they're looking for Grand Admiral Thrawn.
0: Right, but so, I, I'm just saying, like, this, this is, this is it, like...
1: I think it kind of ties in, because the Star Wars lore has gotten so convoluted because they took away the expanded universe. Now it's like, what's canon, what isn't, what's legacy and whatnot. It's right. kind of a clusterfuck. But what I will say is that It will eventually lead on because Shadows of the Empire, the books and the games from back in the day did have a place. And they've kind of pulled those elements out and really like interweaving them into this has been a very interesting like visual presentation. I mean, I will say I did love the lightsaber battle that they brought in because they did bring Hayden Christian back in. And, like, seeing him as Anakin, where we know he never, like, Aiden Christensen didn't voice his character in Clone Wars or Rebels. so But it sounded like him. It sounded like, but it was not him. So we never got a chance to see Ahsoka interacting with actual Anakin from the movie universe. Right. And we're kind of getting to see that for the first time. So, I mean, it's hitting nostalgia points, but it can't even be too nostalgic because Rebels wasn't that, that long ago. Right. But it was long enough that it is hitting those moments. You know, I will I will say that the Star Wars fandom is up there with being pretty toxic over the years. Oh, yeah. It's, instead of just enjoying things for what they are, there's been a lot of backlash for nonsensical reasons.
0: Perfect case in point, Solo.
1: Yep. It, so was it wasn't was a bad movie. A
0: movie. No, it was a good movie. It was enjoyable. It Because, it, again, a lot of people expected to see the Harrison Ford polished Han Solo. Yeah. They have to remember this is an origin story. This is how he became the scruffy nerf herder.
1: Yep. And it's a shame, really, because it was a good movie. I mean, granted, the actor they got didn't really pull off the Harrison Ford Nobody like, the way that Harrison they Ford wanted him, him to. But I mean, let's face it, we had Donald Glover coming in as Lando Calrissian,
0: which was great. And
1: it worked. Not,
0: not so fast, huh? As yeah. he's playing Sabak and Cheats.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing, you know. Star Wars has been pretty toxic over the years, but it is something that when they get it right, they do a good they job. Right. Yeah. And so far, Ahsoka has been one of, like, it's been that show that they've gotten it right. I haven't I seen think too Ahsoka many and
0: I, I. I think Ahsoka... I would put the three top shows, Ahsoka, Mandalorian, Obi-Wan.
1: Yeah, because the thing is, I kind of put the Book of Fett as, like...
0: In with the Mandalorian. Yeah,
1: it's, like, chapter 2.5. So it's yeah. that segue between 2 and 3.
0: I mean, it, I liked it because everybody likes Boba Fett, and you know how he came back in the comics and in the novels, and now it just gave you a chance to see that.
1: Yeah. And
0: I, I think revisiting... um you know, set pieces and characters from the original trilogy that you don't really get to see, like, like, like Fett. you know, yeah. um, it, you know, it, it, it's, it's nostalgic, and you're like, oh, I remember this guy, I liked him, he's cool, let's see how he came back, and then actually seeing him come back. Oh, yeah. You know, that, that was cool, and seeing him escape the Sarlacc, and blowing it up afterwards, yeah. and getting so, back in enslaved.
1: Yeah, so far, this is, uh, it's positive reviews for me, I just have to say that the thing that keeps creeping up in the back of my mind is the price gouging that's going on because Disney Hulu bundle, hey, we're jacking up the price. We're in the middle of a a writers and actors strike. You're claiming you're, you're losing money, but you're making money every day. And meanwhile, we're all going to be the ones paying extra money for a service that you're still trying to give us tears with commercials. Yeah. So it's a little rough to like really sit there and have to take that.
0: No, it's a lot of rough. It's not a little, it's a lot. Yeah.
1: Now, I do want to talk about because I know you didn't watch it because you're not really an anime fan, but they did the live action One Piece on Netflix. The first okay. season, it's only about like about eight episodes. But they did an amazing job with this. And I can say like, and anybody who wants to disagree with me is free to and can send me those emails at Podcast at gmail.com. That's DragoonsLairPodcast. podcast. Dragoon is spelled with two O's. It's all one word, Dragoonslayer podcast at gmail.com. So now, I've been watching one piece since the anime started back on Fox Kids when it was the 4Kids dub, which they replaced a whole bunch of stuff that made it look ridiculous. But it's been going on now for over 20 years. So now that it's gotten a live-action, like, interpretation, at least for the first season, they did make a few changes and tweaks to make it fit, but Ichiro Oda, the creator really stepped up and helped them make something that I consider to be probably one of, if not the best, like, anime adaptations into live action, considering all the ones that have come before it have not been so good. Yeah. You know, it's... They've been pretty bad, and that's just to be honest with it, but this one, they made... Oda told them where the different ethnicities of the different cast, like crew members are the crew members that have come up so far. They really are pulling off these characters and you can tell there's kind of like a love of the characters in there for them. So you feel a connection to them. And I'm going to say it like in all honesty, I got choked up by seeing the ship by seeing the masthead for the going Mary it, like, they actually built the ships. So, like, the sets are full, like, they really built the ship. And seeing that brought to life and knowing where it all goes, like, I'm getting a little choked up even talking about it right now. Because it really is something that it's like, you follow along with the anime and it's like reading a book series and following those characters and a good writer can really, like, hook you in. And really pull on those emotional heartstrings. And I think they found a way to do that with this, even with the minor changes and speeding up, like Luffy's grandfather Garp coming in earlier, like changing a few things to make Arlong come in a little quicker. They did an amazing job. And the fight sequences really do full on overlap. So, You're not just following one character during a big battle. You're seeing like three, four people all fighting in like other enemies all at the same time. And they've interwoven it so well. Now it'll be interesting to see if a season two is able to come out because there's still a strike going on. And I have to like really point that out that it's like, you know, the studios keep proving to be greedy. I know they're... If it, it seems like at the time of this recording, they're going to be talking to the writers and trying to, like, come to some kind of an agreement with the Writers Guild. But the studios act like they're holding back and being hurt so badly by asking for where... Well, I can't remember which studio it was. It might have been Warner Brothers... But swearing that it's like it caught, they're losing four hundred and something million dollars because of the strike. Meanwhile, the Actors and Writers Guild with what they're asking for would hit them for like what 46 mil? Gee. Yeah. Forty-six mil versus four hundred and something mil. What is like what kind of gall and audacity does it take to like hold everything up and it's like you're losing so much more money by holding out and all the movies are getting pushed back I mean let's face it like the Marvel Cinematic Universe is being pushed back so far that now what are they doing we got movies that were supposed to come out in 2024 that won't come out till 2025 and that's only if the strike doesn't go further on and delay everything even further.
0: I think the only benefit that Marvel will get out of this strike is it'll give people a chance to do other stuff, watch other things, because let's face it, for what, the past 10 years, 15 years,
1: Marvel has
0: been flooded the market with Avengers, Iron Man, Thor, Hulk, Black Panther, just flooding the market. I think it's time Marvel just shuts down, takes a step back, not shut down, but, you know, take a step back, let everybody go, oh, let's go watch Ghostbusters, let's go do this, let's go do that, and then you hit on with Phase 5. Four, yeah, whatever there, number.
1: there is a burnout that is going on when it comes to the superhero genre as a whole, because they're becoming too formulaic, and you are able to see where certain beats are going, but, I mean, we're going with two studios that are really cranking things out, and the problem is, one is cranking out stuff that people want to see, and the other is cranking out movies that... (laughs)
0: And the other is DC?
1: Yeah. Basically proving that their movies aren't getting... Like the respect that they deserve and the love and the backing. We don't know how things are going to change with the new heading for Warner Brothers DC having James Gunn and I always forget the other guy's name because you're not James Gunn. But
0: it's James Gunn and the other guy.
1: Yeah, but the problem is when you really take a look at what they're doing, like, I saw Blue Beetle. I don't know if you saw it. I saw it. It's not a bad movie.
0: No, it's not. It's a good
1: flick. But it was it, it if, was not marketed well.
0: No, it wasn't. I mean, if you don't know Blue Beetle, Jaime Reyes, if you don't know the Jaime Reyes Blue Beetle... Well, if you don't know Blue Beetle at all, because I just know Ted Kord yep. in the comics, and Ted Cord was killed by uh, Max Lord. Yep. And then one the Woman snapped his neck. But I really didn't know... Outside of the few episodes I watched of Young Justice with, I really didn't know it. So I'm watching this, I'm like, okay. I mean, did I did I think it was a little too preachy in parts where it's like, oh, you know, we are well, well, they? Puerto Rican, Mexican,
1: Mexican.
0: Yeah, like oh, we're Mexican, and da, da, da. I'm like, okay, let's let's stop with the preaching and get back to the action part of it.
1: It wasn't even you know, but it it wasn't it was even a that film. It wasn't even that. It was like, you know what? This is the first time there was an actual Hispanic representation as a live action superhero. Because you can kind of give that to Marvel a little bit with Miles Morales in the animated ones, but it's not the same. Yeah, but
0: it's animated. It's not the same. I mean, I I get it. I mean, I have no problem with Spanish superheroes, but okay, we're watching the film. We know he's Spanish. We don't need to keep shoving it in our face. It's...
1: Well, right now it is Hispanic Heritage Month and I am Spanish, so I will say I that you. the thing is, it wasn't marketed well and not at it, all. W- because the target audience that would have seen it wasn't seeing it. And DC's no. bad track record with everything being cancelled, rebooted, reshuffled, not knowing who's Wonder Woman, who's Batman, who's Superman anymore. It's become this thing that you're safer to wait, let it bomb at the box office, and then go Watch and it on see it on, on Max or when it's on Amazon Prime and you rent it for a lot cheaper than going to see it in the theater. I mean,
0: speaking of Wonder Woman, I have seen a fan re- uh, rendering of Alexandra the Daddy as Wonder Woman.
1: I think we've all and- seen that.
0: No, this is a new one. And I'm like, that needs to be done.
1: Listen, she has a look that could pull it off. But then again, <laughs> they had the failed, like, spin, like series they tried to do for Wonder Woman with Adrian Pedelecki. And I think Mike froze, but I'm going to keep going anyway. But Adrian Pedelecki did a great job with it, but it was the wrong time. It just didn't work. And that's part of the problem. When it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And it was during the time of Smallville. So they were trying, but it didn't work. And I'm pretty sure you didn't catch a single thing I said.
0: Uh, I'm pretty sure what you were talking about was the Wonder Woman TV show. Yes. The pilot with, with Adrian um, Padalecki. Adrian Pilecki. Uh Again, she looked great in the costume. I actually have a bootleg of the pilot.
1: Who doesn't? Uh- <laughs>
0: The pilot was Adrian Pilecki as one woman, yes.
1: The story Everybody behind it no. was, it was around no, the, remember, it, they were doing this during the time of Smallville, so there were two yes, spinoffs but it was that came complete out.
0: complete utter dog shit.
1: Yeah, it didn't make any sense whatsoever.
0: No. I mean, no. It, it, uh, Justin Brunner, Brunner as uh, Steve Trevor, okay. Everybody else, no.
1: The thing is, we can't even say anything about casting for any of these films because the strike is going on. So they could tell us a whole bunch of stuff, but things could change because of contract negotiations, how yeah. long the strike goes on, if somebody gets a better offer for something else. So it yeah. it boils down to the burnout is real when it comes to the superhero movies. So this is giving us a little bit of a break. But it's not really because, you know, we're going to get another season of a show on Disney Plus because I forget which one's coming out, but I know Daredevil Reborn got pushed back due to the strike. So, and I was looking forward to that one.
0: Are they doing a season two of a She-Hulk
1: I do not know and that's part of the problem because I know that the visual effects team for Marvel and Disney basically said we want to unionize because of the conditions that they've had to be working like they're mm. they're still doing comp- the CGI and all the, the special effects and everything even to the last minute of it airing are they still no, going and it. doing this I believe it. And then they go back and they still keep going and and tweaking stuff before it becomes available on home release. If it's even going to be a home release. Because let's pull things off of streaming platforms because we don't want to pay people. So when we pull them off of the streaming platforms, we're not giving you a physical media. So you got to stick with us and hope we bring it back so you can watch it one day. Mm. You know... The method to the madness is more madness than it is method.
0: Than Method, yeah. Although on meth, so.
1: Yeah. But it's, there. the studios need to really figure this stuff out. And Mike, what was our uh, tagline for this season?
0: I don't remember.
1: Wow, it's only been two weeks. It's, uh, don't be a dick.
0: Oh, yeah, don't be a dick
1: so yes. we say one, we I've say been we' that a, many
0: times Mike, yeah. don't be a dick
1: so we say this mainly one,
0: by you and Doug. but
1: yeah but we say this to the studios when it comes to the strike and just do the right thing and don't be a dick
0: no 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 when it comes to the studios and the strike it's not don't be a dick it's stop being a dick because they are a dick oh yeah this is a dick move yeah if you were threatening a strike then it's like don't be a dick don't do it, don't be a dick. Now they are doing this whole thing, so it's stop being a dick, because they yeah. are.
1: And we stand with the writers and the actors on this one, which is why... I we... am a writer,
0: I am an actor, I know what they are going through. Yeah. It sucks balls.
1: Yeah, and like being squeezed out by a large conglomerate is terrible.
0: Sucks. It, it, it's yep. hard. It, it's, it's... And then us, as an independent filmmaker, if we make a film... We're going to be looked down upon.
1: No, actually, we're not because we're not in the studio system. We could work with non-union actors.
0: Yeah, but then people are like, oh, you should join the union and this and that. Yeah. I I knew a buddy. His thing. You got to do two short films and jump into the union. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that because, A, I don't have the money to pay the dues. And unless you're offering me a Marvel or a Disney contract where I'm headlining and I'm making the millions of dollars. Yep. I'm going to continue to make my stuff the way I want, put it out to festivals, and go that route. Will it ever get me the millions of dollars? Probably not. But there's always hope. Yep. You know what they say? Even the sun shines on a dog's ass sometime. <laughs>
1: And on that note, folks, I think we're going to wrap up this episode of the Dragoons Lair podcast. Mike, you want to give everybody the socials?
0: Yes, I will. You can follow the Dragoons Lair podcast at gmail.com. Remember, Dragoons Lair podcast, though with two O's. G- Dragoons Lair podcast at gmail.com if you want to drop us a line. Maybe you can send us a link where I can learn how to speak better because <laughs> I can't talk for shit right now. Um... Give us a topic for a future show. Let us know, hey, we're doing a great job, or hey, you suck, change it. Okay, let us know. You can find us on Instagram at Dragoons Layer Podcast. You can also find us on Facebook at, you guessed it, the Dragoons Layer Podcast. You can follow me, Mike Schiavo, Facebook at Michael Schiavo, or you can find me on the Hamster Pellet Productions at Facebook. Um, we're on Threads.
1: Because uh, we may not be on Twitter for much longer because yeah. Musk is trying to make everybody pay for that.
0: Yeah. And uh, I ain't what else? paying him find... shit. He has enough money. Um, yeah, okay, so that's all the socials. You can follow Danny. on. He has a Pornhub and OnlyFans page, so don't forget to uh, to tip him well. And the more you tip, the more he keeps on.
1: So. Yes, that's right. But you can also follow me at Blue Dragoon 13 on Twitter, Twitch, uh, actually not on Twitter, I'm not, uh, like, I'm not even on there under my, under BlueDragoon13, so, it, Twitch, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Only fans. No, I said TikTok, so let's just be Only clear fans. on that one. Pornhub. But you can reach out and make sure you send us an email at dragoonslayerpodcast at gmail.com. That's all one word. Dragoon is spelled with two O's. That's dragoonslayerpodcast at gmail.com. I have to make up for Mike not being able to speak the Queen's English.
0: Hey, hey, hey. If I want to sound like Freddie Mercury, I will. But we have a king. There's a king out in England right now. So it's the King's English.
1: Oh, you mean the king that everybody hates anyway? That's you right, know what? Charles. So what, what power does he really have? He's oh, nothing. A He's a figurehead. He's a legitimate figurehead with nothing up there in his head between those gigantic satellite ears.
0: <laughs> like somebody else we know. You know <laughs> power, but we're not going to get political.
1: No, but when it comes to the king, yeah, um, there is only one king, and that is Bruce Campbell. Oh.
0: Thank you. Well, thank you very much.
1: Well, he was Bubba Hotep. So remember. He was Bubba Hotep. Yep. So he was, he was Elvis. So it is Bruce. So Bruce yep. Campbell is the only king that we recognize.
0: And on that note, to close this out, I must say, hail to the king, baby.
1: Now, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Now get out. Bye bye. Thank you.